Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and myself, Jake. In this episode, we will discuss Sunday's defeat against Cardiff, the training ground, the transfer window, and finish off by looking ahead to Wednesday's game against QPR and next Saturday's game against Huddersfield Town. Enjoy! How are we, fellas? Are we good? Not too bad, thanks. Good. Good, good. Feeling uh, not as positive after the last Sunday game, I think is one way of putting it. Yeah, just feel a bit flat to be honest. Yeah, a little bit flat, but at least there's a game quickly now. Game on Wednesday. I tell you what, it doesn't half take it out of you reading some people's thoughts and opinions on social media, does it? That's more draining than the 90 minutes, Jake. (laughs) It is. The reaction is is a lot more draining than the game. Took the words right out of my mouth there. Right out of my mouth. There's always a reaction, isn't there, when something negative happens at the club? But yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to it in quite a bit of detail in terms of obviously today's game and I suppose our form in general over the past sort of 35, 36 games. I think there's a couple of stats out there now and it's um, some interesting opinion. I mean, I'm, I don't believe in ramming opinion down people's throats and stuff like that, like some do on social media and it's my way or the highway. I think it needs to be reasoned and. Yeah, I, there's some respected guys out there now that have got opinions about manager and other things, and there's some other people that ah, I suppose there's always going to be two sides to it, you, you know. But I, you, know, well, re, 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 you say respected, respected based off what? Because I mean, there's there's very few people I I look at and take notice of when it comes to a football opinion. Respected in terms of like. They've got an opinion, they'll stick to it, but they're not going to ram it down people's throat. There's other people that will literally reply to every tweet you put out there, or every message that's on social media saying shambles or sack him or, you know, yeah. just like just being negative for negative sake. I, I get people have got an opinion, but there's a way of expressing it in the right way. Yeah. And that's sometimes uh, it's one of the, the pains of social media, isn't it, really? I think we've all seen it over the past sort of what time well, is it now quarter to eight at night so we've probably seen it over the past sort of seven eight hours and, uh, and I think you can say as long as we, at least as long as we've been doing the podcast definitely longer yeah yeah 100% I think the only duty that we've got after games like today is just stick to the facts yeah simple as that and no need I think you tweeted it before Jim no no knee-jerk reactions there's not. I mean, we've played. Look at the five games we've played. I mean, Ollie, you said it before. Like you expect all five of them to be in the top six come the end of the season. It's not exactly an easy start to the season by any stretch of the imagination, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, if you want to judge the manager, let's judge him after sort of ten, fifteen games of this season. Hmm. Granted, he's not had the transfer window that he's wanted. I know we're going to come on to that later, but end of day, he's kept all of the players that we didn't expect them to keep hold of, if we're honest. And, you know, now's the time that let's let's use them as, as we can and see where we go. I mean, yeah. if it, 
I'm wrong. If it, if we're in the bottom three come December and you know the football's absolutely dire, then yeah, Corfu's are by all means, but not yet. Yeah, I think when I did my um, pre-season prediction piece, I think the only team we've not played out of my predicted top six is Watford. So, you know, very tough start on paper and 90 minutes of football before that, everyone was buzzing. So I, you can't you can't judge the manager on a 90-minute to 90-minute basis. I think you've got to look at the bigger picture. I think what some people might say there, though, is that the bigger picture, the form's not been great for a while. Well, uh, well Jimmy, maybe not Jimmy, the form, but my but results. People have just said 35 games. That's a 30, that's a sample of games picked to suit their agenda, isn't it? 35 games. like yeah. it, You know, last season's gone now. You, I think the most important thing for me would, to be, would be to look at post-lockdown compared to pre-lockdown because I think yeah. no fans have a massive effect on, on North End. Our home record's been shambolic with no fans. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at us away from home and we're like a completely different team. Yeah, yeah d- you can discuss the various reasons, but I've seen people saying since since the Charlton game or whatever, but when you're picking sort of 36 game samples to, to suit an agenda, I think you just lose a bit of credibility. So, yeah, to be honest, today was a poor performance, like the Swansea game. Um there was nothing in either game, but we didn't do enough to win the game, did we? Um, no. But but the other three performances have been decent, and you know we do struggle against teams like this. I had a fiver on Cardiff today because I thought we'd get beat today, um, but it, it doesn't mean you have to want the manager to to get sacked. Just on the manager, then, do you think he got it wrong today? I was a bit sceptical. Well, I was just going to say, you said it at the start, I don't know if you tweeted it or if you said it in our group chat or both, you said you, you've not really got many arguments with naming an unchanged side, but the, naming that side against yeah. a team like Cardiff is not suited for that. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. People have a go in for changing his 11 to suit who we play against. People say concentrate on yourself. So he's not changed it today after a win. But then people are going to say, well, it's a pressing team. You can't press Cardiff, which is true. But probably in hindsight, should have made two or three changes. Obviously, DJ's back available. Barky, I thought, would come straight back in. I heard whispers that Alan Brown was going to start right back, which would have made you think DJ would have come back in. Who knows? But yeah, before the game, I was a little bit disappointed to see Potts against Cunningham. I thought we could have gone for Cunningham a bit because... You know, he's, 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 he's a shy, yeah, I think so. But again, it, they've scored four goals last week, haven't they? So, you know, it's always hard to play against Cardiff. They got a nil-nil at Blackburn last week. That's ten wins in eighteen away games under Neil Harris, which is the most. It's the most wins away from home since he took over of any club in the league. So, it's a very tough game today, and especially think... when, especially when, especially when you don't you can't you don't keep clean sheets at home like we don't. So. I think they said on Sky today it was only Leeds and Fulham lost fewer games away from home last season than Cardiff. But you can see why. Yeah. Because mm. the the way they set up, it's it's negative, isn't it? Let's be honest. And it's reliant on setting traps and forcing mistakes from the opposition. And that's the way that they've scored the goal today, you know, in terms of us, us making a mistake and they've punished us. Um, because let's be honest, there's not been anything in the game really. You know, the XG was 
0.3 against 0.6. Just it's a it's a nil nil game all you know all day long really. Yeah. I don't think either goalkeeper's been challenged. Neither's they'll both come off pretty clean, won't they? Let's be honest. Kip, you know, Kipman won't have an issue washing Dex's kit today because he's only been on the ground once. Um, but we played into their hands, you know. I think that you know Morrison got man of the match quite rightly. You know, I thought he dealt with everything, but when we're putting the ball into the land of the giants, like a word, and when we've got Maguire up front, it's not not ideal. Um, I mean, we've had twenty five unsuccessful crosses today. We've had one successful cross all game, and that was Ben Davis for Stockley late on. You know, so you've got players on the pitch that should be able to deliver. I think Ledson had nine crosses today, and not one was successful. Yeah. Rafferty six, Hughes three. I, you know, the fullbacks will come on to, I'm sure, but you know, limited quality today in that final third once again. And I just felt it was a nothing game really. There's no the clear cut opportunity. Of the game is the one they score, and it's from two individual mistakes. You know, Bauer's got wrong side and then he's got spun, you know, by Moore. He's ended up on his arse. And then Hughes should stay on his feet and then or or just take the man out. Why 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 is he even trying to play the ball? You know yeah. in the middle of the park, game management, you know, ten minutes into the second half, put the guy take the book in. Don't just yeah. like don't be a fanny. Because it's just it's just poor game management. I think the manager's said as much post-match as well, you know, and, and he's put a bit of, not a bit of blame on Ben Davis, but he said he should force him out wider. And let's be fair, Ojo's on his weaker foot. It's a good finish, but... I think, I think that's, by the way, I think that's his first, of what I can find, that's his first career goal on, on his right foot. I don't think Ben's done too much wrong. I think he probably could have put him wider, but Kiefer Moore's made a run outside Ojo as well. So Ojo doesn't really have much. He's, he's got he's got two over really, hasn't he? Yeah, he don't really have anywhere to go. Ojo, he's put it in from a tight angle. To be fair, um, felt quite similar to Brentford's second goal last week. I think we were on the attack. Five seconds later, it's in it's in it's in your goal. So just clinical, isn't it? Really, it's just when they came to Deepdale in June or July, whatever it it was clinical. Yeah, Mendes Lang's um, goal was one that stood out as just clinical again. Clinical, and it's a lone. It's another lone player today that's got on the win. I've seen a lot of um, people having a go at Cardiff and other clubs for getting these lone players in. They've got a high quality lone player from Liverpool who's won them the game. That's an extra two points that alone he's won you the game already. Gibbs White did it against us for Swansea. Mm. Lone quality players would will take them chances. I'm not sure if we had a chance like that. If, maybe if it was Sinclair, if it was anyone else, I'm not sure we'd sort of back someone to score it on their weak foot. So I think you've got to remember as well, if you look at that 11, that Cardiff 11, it's stacked in quality as well. Like Very physical team, but Harry Wilson, Kiefer Moore, Junior Hoyler, Ojo, Bakuna, Nelson at the back with Morrison. Very good team, isn't it? So, yeah. And I think they will be up there. So it, it is frustrating. Obviously, three three one nils at home, and we've not been caught open in any home game, have we? Obviously, Swansea's one shot on target, and they've won the game. I think Stoke have had three or four on target against ten men, and they've had similar it's today. A bit bit of an anomaly though, the Stoke one, isn't it? Ten down to ten men shouldn't have been down to ten men. Yeah, absolutely. But if you look at 
the 33 opposition players that we've played against at Deep Bell, they're all decent players. Like, So I think there's not as much quality in the next five or six games that we're going to come up against. We need to get a win under the board, though, ASAP. Yeah, I think it's that home piece more than anything, isn't it? Yeah. You know, actually winning a game at home because that's what we're missing. We're missing a good performance at home, to be honest. It's just that little bit of confidence coming to our sort of own backyard and not actually delivering at the minute. And, you know, you look at the three games and we've not really created that many chances, to be honest. No. So that's a concern. I, I, I was speaking to someone this week, actually, about Deepdale when it's empty. It's an eerie place. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, I, I've played a couple of times on Deepdale like, after the end of the season and stuff, and it feels strange. And I, I get these guys are professionals and stuff, and, you know, that shouldn't even play a part, but. When you're trying yeah. to motivate yourself and, and things, and you, you play like Ben Pearson, for example, that has already said that he relies on the crowd to get him going and things like that. I think it's just a strange, it's a strange yeah. environment to be in. And when you're going away from home, you're only going there once a season, you know. So it's not players are used to going to Deepdale. Like some of these guys have played 50, 60, you know, upwards of that games at Deepdale in front of a crowd, and then you're playing in front of no one and. It's gonna yeah. feel strange. It's Don't not, know it's... about you two as well. It feels a lot more open, deep bell, than than going to Carrow Road or going to Brentford Stadium. It feels just feels hollow, doesn't it? And I think Is Neil's it... Neil's mentioned it again today in in the P and E I follow piece. He's said the home fans are massive at, at home for us. I think there was one one home win in the championship this weekend as well. So so it's not just no offend, but it's it's definitely having an impact. Like you say, Ben Pearson as well. Seen a couple of things labelled at him again today, which I think's a little bit unfair. But yeah, it's like what I've I've not really seen much to be fair. Just seen people saying he's coasting through the games again, and I don't think he is. I just think let's not forget he played the last 10 15 minutes on one leg, basically. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit unfair, but it's like Jimmy says, it is, it is, feels it does feel very flat, Deepdale. Mm. Feels bigger. The pitch feels bigger than when you go away. I don't know the dimensions, but it just feels like we don't feel as as close to each other on the pitch. I don't know what it I, is. I said that last year, and I got pulled upon it. Mm. Our, our pitch isn't as wide as I is. No. It feels, but it feels massive when you yeah. when, when you're on that middle of that pitch. It feels huge. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because you, you know, I'm used to playing on a bloody park pitch or a three G whatever. But it feels massive, and when you, when you look to the back of the stands and stuff, it looks miles away. Mm. It's just you just feel very small when you're on the middle of the pitch. And you know, I'm six foot two, and you know, I, I don't really feel really feel small at any point. But when you're in the middle of the pitch like that, it just feels like massive around you. And players will be like that as well. I'd yeah. have thought because it just feels it just looks and it feels so empty and like yeah. there's no there's nothing there's like. It's soulless. That's probably the best way I can describe it. And you'll be able to hear everything as well. Yeah, of course you will. I think the momentum at the town end is a big one for me because obviously sitting in the town end, you know, if if you're kicking their second half, you're going to have a 10, 15 minute period guaranteed of pressure. You just are because of what the town end is. You're going to get five or six corners. If you have an attack now at Deepdale, you don't sustain attacks, do you? It, It just feels like there's nothing in the games. And we can't build up like a head of steam at home. Obviously, it's the same for every every other club. But 
just feels like we rely on like those like periods of pressure a lot more than other clubs maybe. Don't know. Don't know what it is, but it needs sorting out at home, whatever it is. I think have we won two home games behind closed doors, is it? Birmingham and is it just Birmingham? Mansfield. Birmingham, Mansfield, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, it's just even even the Birmingham game wasn't a great performance. So but then it, if you look at us away, we've been very good, haven't we? So it's very hard to put your finger two, on. Two completely different sides, really, home yeah. and away. Yeah, and I think you look at the way that teams come to Deepdale as well. A lot of them have sat in, yeah. you know, and said, come on then, break us down. You know, like today, it was like, <sighs> you could have fallen asleep, couldn't you, that first half, really. If you're neutral, you'd have played turn it over, you'd have played put like Antiques Roadshow on or something instead, because it'd probably been more entertaining. Yeah. But... It's just like, you know, teams come to deep down, I just think, sit, we'll sit in, we'll sit in, eventually Northam will make a mistake and we'll punish him. Yeah, and even... you know what, if teams want to do that, because t- if you remember when Alex Neil first came, teams came to deep down and tried to attack us and we'll just pick them off. Yeah. We'll just, and Neil Harris said something similar post-match, he goes, you don't come here when you try and attack because they'll, they'll hurt you. Yeah. And yeah. we would, but I, I think Northam have got to do something differently, whether that's the manager or the players, they've got to come up with a creative option and actually think, well, plan A is not working. What What's can we do plan B? Yeah. What can we do differently? Or, yeah. you know, how can, we, how can we break this door down? Because, you know, if you do the same thing all, all the time, then you're not going to get, it's not going to It's not going to work. Yeah. I think you're, it, you're not going to get the outcome you want. Yeah. If you look at the teams as well, Swansea came with a, with a back five and then a three in midfield. Stoke have done the same. And obviously these have set up Without the ball, proper deep four four two today. So it's on us to do something differently. We're lacking the options in wide areas. I think. I know people have said happy to assign a striker and whatever, but we're definitely a couple short going forward. I think. But and I think he's mentioned it again today. He's said he's mentioned the fact that we've only made one signing. Um, couldn't resist. He even said it before the game as well. So he's far from happy with the lack of signings, but. Just feels like we need to do something different at home. I don't know what it is. I'm not yeah. sure if it's two up front. I've seen a lot of people saying two up front. I'm not sure if it is, if it should be two up front. But when you're playing against deep back fours or back fives, you just the first goal is massive, isn't it, as well? As soon as you go a goal down against all three teams who've been to Deepdale, it's it's a massive uphill task. Um obviously he's gone he's gone to a front two for the last twenty minutes, but you still need quality. If you're going to deliver into the box, like Jimmy said, 25 crosses or something, one one successful. You need quality getting in there. And I think we've had nine set, nine corners today as well. And they're massive They're massive in these kind of games. I don't think we, we threatened from any of them, really, did we? I think I can't with them. I think we made a first contact with two of them. So you'd normally back us you know, to at least make one chance out of nine corners. Even second balls, quite often we weren't weren't even winning the second balls. Yeah. yeah, but that's what happens when you play a team like Cardiff that are, that are drilled in that way. Yeah, and the fight for the second ball, they fight for everything because, and they, they just want to get the ball away from their goal. You know, Morrison put his head on everything yet today. His interceptions, yeah. he, he, his tackles, he was just good today. He's done, he's done a good job on Maguire. Nelson, if if Morrison didn't get him, Nelson did. 
it's one of those games where you just got to sort of say take your hat off to how they've defended and the way they've set up as a team and they've done a right job on us. They've done a job on Alex Neil Neil Harris, like he's mentioned before, away from home. Yeah, pretty good, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Will they get away with playing like that at their own stadium when they're back in front of fans? Probably not because they've, you know it's just boring, isn't it? It's effective to yeah. a degree, but like the like showed at Rovers last week. They went down to 10 men, they sat in. You know, they're not conceding away from home because let's be fair, if you've got to break if you've got to break down 10, 11 players every time, it's tough. It's tough for any any team in any league yeah. to do that. So Yeah, incredibly. Um <clears throat> Yeah, no Harrop or Bowden on the bench today. Yeah, the Bowden one doesn't surprise me, but the I mentioned this before before the game to you two. It's zero minutes in the league for Harrop. I think Bowden's finished. I'll get it out there now. I think he's he's done for us. Um, but I think the Harrop thing proves that there's stuff going on above the manager's head as well. In uh, terms of he's been given a contract and maybe the manager wouldn't have wanted him to stick around? Not sure. Not necessarily that he wouldn't have wanted him to stick around, but I think it's just the club protecting their assets. Yeah, more than anything, um, he's had three. He's had three cup games to make an impression. Did all right against Derby. I thought played well against Mansfield. No one was. No one was particularly good against Brighton. And then seems to seems to be dropped pretty quickly. Harrop. Yeah. Well, last season as well, there was times where he had he had a run of maybe three, four games where he'd maybe get sixty minutes, come off, come on for twenty minutes, or vice versa and then it was just nothing for yeah five ten games big big fan of harrop personally but people saying today like he might have changed the game or whatever i'm not sure if it was a game for a narrow i'm not sure if it was a game for narrow attackers today i think it's quite to be to be honest if there's one player you probably want it might be Bowden to just stretch the game a little bit in a wide area 1v1 but it just doesn't look like he can do that for us so the manager wanted Jamal Lowe in a wide area, 1v1, sort of break up the defence's structure. But, I don't know, he's going to be in the 25-man squad boating, so he's still going to be used at times, but I just don't know, just, I think he's a bit flat physically, isn't he? Mm. Um, but, you he, know, he looks just, like he's lost, like, not that he was ever rapid, but a bit of Looks right. a bit sluggish. Yeah. Said it in the first pre-season game and I got slated for it by a lad on Twitter. He just he looks sluggish. Um so we're definitely short out wide because you don't want you don't really want pot starting in a game like today at home. As good as he's been for us, it's not his kind of game, is it? No. No, definitely not. And talking of out wide, there was again an area we were lacking no proper width. I think we'd have. I'm right in saying that we'd have all expected Barky to come back in and start on the right. Mm. Obviously, no Fisher. He's injured. Yeah, I think all all our width on the right always comes from Fisher. If he doesn't play, there's no width on the right. Really. Yeah, yeah. I think it was you. Was it you and Ollie at Deep Dark Digest on Twitter before Ollie that were saying about um, Brown having to hold the ball up and wait for Rafty to. Sort of catch up with play and yeah, it's not even catching up. Seems like a minor point, this, but 
he's having to Brown's having to like usher him up the pitch and release. Pearson does this. He waits. He waits to release the ball until until the player's where he wants him to be. Brown's having to do it a couple of times with Raf. Like I don't don't need to bang the drum about Rafferty because my thoughts are pretty clear. I think he just massively limits us, especially when all the, all the space today is in your fullback areas. That's the only position on the pitch is proper space. Um, it just fish is a big miss. I hope he isn't out for too long. Yeah, something you said during the game as well about Bakuna. Obviously, they've got a centre midfielder that's docked in at left, uh, docked in at left back. Left back obviously, yeah. you know, he's just there to be attacked because positionally he was all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he was playing for me as as if he was a wing back. You mm-hmm. know, he'd have, he'd have a third centre half behind him to cover, but he was that high up and then he was he, you know just looked completely out of position yeah. all the time he, we just did nothing to we did nothing to yeah sort of counteract that and actually you know stick one on him for, so to speak because mm. we just didn't attack down that side everything that came from the fullbacks play came from Hughes and it was all right it's just a, a standard Andrew Hughes performance for me it was all right it was nothing really special yeah. should have put the guy in the stands with Keith Moore when he had the chance but he didn't and it's cost us but yeah, you know, it's just one of them all right games where he's good in the air. Well, no shit, he always is. So, yeah. well, it's, it's another one though. Max Lowe, I think, has started his first Premier League game today, and Neil's gone for him 13, 14 ago. months ago, whatever it is. So, it's clearly another another area of the pitch that they've identified. Um, you know, the right back thing as well, whatever happened with Callum Johnson. So, you know, it is an area the club's identified or Neil's identified, um, but they've just gone with what they've got, which, again, is a little bit complacent. And there's still frustration from Neil about the transfer window, 100%. Well, he's Um, he's quote before the game today. He said it's not like we've added massive quality to the squad. I think he said something like that. So, And then he's come out after the game and said, obviously, um, Reese has only had... Um, one one proper season as a pro, and it's in obviously in Denmark. So again, sort of citing a lack of experience, lack of quality, or whatever. So definitely not hundred percent happy, and understandably, I'm not sure where Earl is. I think he had an injury, but I'm not sure how far away he is. But just just lacking against narrow teams like this today, you, you need your fullbacks to offer something and. They're both league one fullbacks. Yeah, it's quite surprised that Alex Neil actually after the game and his post mattress guy. I thought he was going to lynch the guy who was asking him the questions when he yeah. talked about um, obviously the transfer window and you've kept all your players. I thought he was literally going to go for him at that point because I thought you know he, he went very defensive all of a sudden. Um, but I think only bringing in one when he's asked for two or three quality players back in July August. Um, yeah, well, the quote in the LEP was two or three, wasn't it? And over a few weeks, it went to one or yeah. two, and then it went to like this is what happened. I think striker straight after straight after the last game said he think he said three or four maybe, and then a, then a couple of weeks later it was two or three, and then we wanted two strikers, one permanent and one on loan, and then by the last week it was we're going to try and get someone if we can. So you can see there like. He wanted three or four players, didn't he? Like, let's be honest. And yeah. he's got he's got one. And to be, we've given credit to the club for looking abroad and whatever. But 
you know, I said I said to you boys yesterday, I'd give it a seven out of ten. Looking back, it's probably more like a five and a half or a six, isn't it? I think you said a five, Jimmy, which is probably fair enough now because we are a couple short. And mm. Fisher and Earl come in. I know you two might not be that keen on Earl, but if they come in, I think you might look a bit different in the fullback areas. But we're going to have to make do for another 15 games and hope that our attackers get us over the line because our fullbacks aren't going to offer us much. Yeah, I think it's one of them with Dale. You can play him in own games, but I, I wouldn't trust him away. I'd, I'd play Go with Hughes away. He's yeah. got a defensive option because I just yeah. don't think he can defend. You know, he's a winger in his youth team days. He's only become yeah. a left-back in the past sort of two, three years. Yeah. And he still, he, for me, lacks that natural defensive instincts that you probably need as a defender. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you're going to put your head where it hurts, you're going to, you know when to go to ground, you, yeah. you know when to, you, you know when to, you know, go long and when, when it needs to go out. You know, it's just that, and that doesn't come naturally. That takes years to perfect, and it probably takes years to be coached into. You know, whilst you're under fourteen, under sixteen, under eighteen type of player. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to coach someone to become a fullback in the pro game, and when they're an adult, it's a lot harder than you know trying to get it to be that. I think it's a thousand hours um, or ten thousand hours. I forgot what it was. Ten thousand uni. Yeah. Ten thousand hours to make it natural. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not going to come quickly think, for him. Yeah, I think when you're playing at home, like you said, against maybe a back five, you can probably afford to play him there with Ben Davis covering him round and maybe Pearson. But you're coming up against quality wingers in pretty much every game, aren't you? So it's probably going to have to be a calculated risk. But yeah, I just think given the way we set up, the fullbacks are massive, and they just continue to let us down at Deepdale in particular. I think. Mm. Yeah, Fisher's massive. Fisher's the more he doesn't play, the better you, you realize he is. Yeah, you don't know what, it's one of them where you don't know what you've got so it's gone, do you? A bit yeah. like Greg Cunningham, to be fair. Like we all knew he was good, but it's just one of them, isn't it? Like I thought you were gonna say a bit like my ex then, but <laughs> No, it still hurts that one, Jake. But it's <laughs> anyway. yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 another area though that we are weaker than we were two years ago. Just simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sad um, to see Greg like that today as well. You know, the yeah. fact that he's just come back from an injury and then pull it's one of those when you get a big injury like like he had, you're gonna get knocks and you're gonna get niggles everywhere. It's a bit like Bowden and Harrit really. Yeah, I was gonna so, say Alex Neil said the same about them too, didn't he? Yeah. So it's just it's just sad like seeing he's just a shadow of his former self. You know, he mm. had a couple of decent knocks down the line and stuff, but physically he just looks miles off it. And yeah. it's not the first big injury he's had either, you know. I think he he broke his leg here, he, he I had a bad injury on him at City. Yeah, it's just you know. I think didn't he have a quite a bad one at Bristol City? That's why he never really featured that much. I think so. Yeah, it's something to do. I don't know if you've seen the stat, but every time he got called up to Ireland, yeah. he got a bad injury or he broke his leg. Because so he, he only made a couple of appearances, I think, for Ireland. But literally, I, I didn't think he'd actually made any appearances for the it, first team. Not sure. Then I thought he made might have made one or two. And but every time since he's been called up, he's um he's basically got injured every it, it, either the game before he got called up or he's twenty nine now, mm. so it's it's tough on him really. Yeah, um, it's four four inter, four international appearances he's got. Yeah, so it's um, <laughs> twenty nine. I think he made them when he was like twenty two, twenty three year old. Yeah, so it's a shame, like, but yeah, we've still not replaced him. Have we? Let's be fair. I think that's, by the way, I think that's two wins in 13 now after an international break. It's crazy, it's ming- isn't it? It's, minging, isn't it? 
Still, still can't put our finger on it, but it's we, too we, much. It's too much to be a complete coincidence now. Yeah, I don't think there's much point trying to get to the bottom of it either. We spoke about it so many times last season, and just I think every time we had some a different opinion on it. Yeah. Um, yeah last but... one from me then on this point. Um, this is mainly for you, Ollie. Um, there's been a lot of people sort of calling for Alex Neal, it's time to go, blah, 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 mixing up the tactics, needs to change this, needs to change that. But you were saying earlier on about the, the games that we've played so far this season and how he has mixed it up and, and changed things around. You just want to go into a little bit more detail about that and maybe remind some people what, what we have got. Because I think when, as we said, I don't know if it was at the start of this or before we started recording, negativity breeds negativity and when something bad happens it's like people forget what's happened this season like you're talking one two three games ago and it's like oh all he ever plays is four two three one lumps it up to Maguire when we've actually done quite a lot more yeah I I am a bit of a like a tactics nerd like so never never notice that part I don't I don't blame people but it's just lazy like it's just there's so many variations of a system like even at Norwich we've it's looked like four two three one on paper but we've gone our eights have gone with their sixes and Pearson's gone with their ten so that's a four one four one for a start gone four four two today I think we went three five two against Stoke when Derby went down to the ten men against Derby we we went really wide with the two wingers and two narrow fullbacks um, stretched the game in a different way there. Obviously, Stockley's partner, Reese up front today. We've got Maguire and Stockley at times. You know, he's tried Sinclair down the middle, down the left. Started 3-5-2 right. against Stoke. Started 3-5-2 with two wingers. Um, you know, last season, he's gone 3-5-2 away at Sheffield Wednesday. Four diamond two against Barnsley away. So, people who say he's um, a 4-2-3-1 man, it's just a little bit lazy and not completely accurate, like... Obviously, all managers have their preferred systems, but more or less with Neil, it's it's some variation of a three-man midfield. Like you can go a six and eight, a ten. You can go two number tens and a six. You can go six eight ten, six eight eight. You can. So have I think that's with... probably when we've seen the best of Pots as well when he's played that sort of running ten. Yeah, you can have your wingers narrow, or you can pin them wide and get the tens in between the centre backs and the full backs. So. We change what we do with the number 10 as well. Alan Brown runs into the channels, off a centre-back, creates space in the middle. DJ drops in and links the play. So there's so many tactical variations of how we play. Like Even today, like people have been going on about Ben Pearson not affecting the game. Like They obviously went one-for-one one on Pearson with Kiefer Moore like, cover-shadowing Pearson. So that's basically two-on-one with Pearson and one-free centre-back. And they've gone man for man on Ledson. Um, who else started in midfield? Brown. So, And obviously they're not going to go past the middle third man to man because they're in a deep block. So Pearson's off, drifted to the right quite a lot. Harry Wilson's gone over there and Ledson's got the space to play. So like, when, they're so, we're so complex tactically. Like... It's just a myth to say we're four two three one and like people probably think he says just go and try and score some goals. It's like it's complete bollocks, isn't it? It's 
<laughs> if it was that easy, you'd, you'd just set them up 4-4-2 and say, right, go and put the ball in the net today. Like, just get a grip. Like, every, every single set piece has been worked on for hours. Every single set play, every time the keeper's got the ball. Do you think it's a coincidence how many times we go for Hughes on the fullback and there's someone in behind him to run onto? That's worked on every day, like stuff like that. People say, why is Reese not started? Do people even know what a cover shadow is? Do you know how to press the centre back? Like, what are the triggers to press? Like, it's, people think you can just set them up in a four-four-two and just two wingers, two strikers, and go and attack the ball. But uh, it's just and people. Oh, it's just yeah. the despair at times. Because think about how many hours go into a ninety-minute game, and then your defenders made a mistake and you've lost the game. It comes down to individual mistakes. Yeah, that's what football boils down to. I think that's what our season has come down to so far, hasn't it? If you look at the goals we conceded, you know we conceded what seven goals, mm-hmm. and you can probably put the vast majority of them down to where it's come from, the pin- pinpoint the individual mistake and, and yeah. where where they've come from. It's not like, and you know, it's not like anyone's passed us to death and scored a great goal so far this season. Mm-hmm. You could probably say Brentford's second goal was a really well worked goal. You know, yeah. but it's come from our attack. It's come from us having a set piece in their box. Yeah, you know, and four passes later, the ball's in the back of our net. Yeah, you know, and well, even then, there's defense. There's defensive frailties. You know, yeah. involved. No, I mean, there's a very good pass in there as well. But... Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's like there's been opportunity. The seven goals conceded so far this year. You can probably pinpoint exactly where they've all come from. Yeah, I think what you're saying as well. You know, people watch the game very differently. See, some people just turn up and think, oh, yeah, 4 4 fucking 2, you know, Mike Bassett's in charge, you know, that sort of mindset, because that's what they want. And you look at the game a completely different angle to a lot of people. And I think it's great that you do as well, because you actually understand tactically what's going on. And you're right, you know, these lads aren't just turning up at Exton and sitting on their arse and just kicking the ball around with their mates for two hours every day. Or whatever they're doing, training, and then going in the whirlpool and going in the that ice chamber, or whatever it is. They're not just you know the cryo chamber. Cryo yeah. chamber. That's the devil. Yeah. Um, you know that's not what they're doing. They're actually you know they're going through all these phases and transitions and set and, and set plays that people don't are are pressing are pressing. When you look at other teams, it's the most complex pressing system in the league. I'd say now that Leeds aren't here, right. When there's a ball, say the left back's got the ball and he plays it into the centre back, watch how our two number eights press. Like, they go and press on the shadow of the man who's going to receive the ball before it's even got there. You've got, that takes so much training. And when I was working with um, a lad who who was a coach at Everton, he's now at Celtic, he said, um, every game, football is such a low scoring sport that variance decides the game. And as a coach, you have to minimise how much that variance can affect the game. So you can do as much as you want, but when you've got Patrick Bauer getting turned on the halfway line, then... No amount of know, training can can compensate yeah, for that, so can it, it? So it's not like you can just go up and turn turn up four four two with Stockley up front because for a start, he's not going to win you anything. And then when he does win something, it takes him 10 chances to score a goal anyway. So I just think... Just got to be careful what you wish for. I think, in terms of wanting Neil gone after five games, that's all I'm going to say. 
And on that note, I think it's time for a brew, lads. Well, maybe some more or juice. Either way, it's a drinks break. We'll be back in part two. <laughs> Hi, this is John Macken, and you're listening to From the Finney Podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we're going to discuss the new training ground, the transfer window, and then we're going to look ahead to back-to-back away games against QPR and Huddersfield Town. So, yeah, I think most people listening are probably aware that we got invited to the training ground uh, last Monday. You would never tell, would you? Never heard you. Never heard you on about that one. Nah, in fairness, I was buzzing about it, the fact that we were even considered... It's, class um, class from the club to be fair good done well yeah. considering considering when we started well not even well two years get, old yet uh, done well to get in there yeah um, yeah good of the club to consider us um, hopefully maybe some more stuff we can figure out with other things maybe guests on the podcast or whatever I don't know but yeah I mean I said it in the piece that I wrote and I'm not just blowing smoke up the club's arse it is, it is a really nice facility um, top notch I mean I never went to Springies only sort of knew about Springies what was written in the press or pictures and yeah Exton is, is a million million miles away from that a lot better um, so kudos to the club for, for getting all that done hopefully it starts to pay dividends over the season on the pitch but we'll wait and see about that um, I tell you what, mate, I, I did go to Springfield quite a few times fans team used to play there years ago under Billy Davis that was our home pitch all right. so we used to use um, the facilities at Springfield quite a bit I think last time I played there I was probably about 2013 maybe 2014 Sam and Grace were in charge anyway Mate, it's like when I was looking at those pictures of Exton, it's like <laughs> someone, said chalking, someone said chalk and cheese. It's it's more than that. It's like it's just a different universe completely. You know the facilities and the just everything about Exton just looked professional. It felt know, it felt um, yeah, it felt professional when I was there. Like even like little things like there's two bedrooms in there that yeah. uh, I was told were. The idea behind them was that when they're on away matches where they're getting back at like two, three o'clock in the morning and there's players that need to come in for like rehabilitation early in the morning, they can just jump in a bed instead of having to go back home, go to bed, get up, come back in, they can just jump in a bed. They've yeah. got everything they need there. They've got the kit, they've got showers, all that sort of stuff. Um, but even like little things like that, a cry- there was a cryo chamber in there. Um, to a hot and cold plunge pool. There was a recovery pool. I think it was a recovery pool. Anyway, it wasn't that big. Um, brand new gym equipment, brand new spin bikes. Uh, there was just, yeah, everything about it was was top-notch and it just felt like a, a, a legit setup. Mm. And even even the privacy, like even the walls around the outside when we were being yeah. shown around the pitches, that's a fucking big set. Like, area, yeah, I think... I think- I think that's the biggest thing for Alex Neil because I've yeah. been down to Springers quite a few times and watched 
just watch training and he's not that keen on it for obvious reasons. So I, I think, think that's a big Hunt's, thing. Did Hunt say that the, the, the privacy is a massive part of it? Yeah. But you can feel it. Like you feel enclosed. You feel like you're part of something because mm. there's them big six, seven, eight foot walls that are up all the way around the perimeter. Yeah. Like you'd have to be a bit of a peeping Tom to make an effort to look over. Yeah. There's no doubt it's it's just a positive move, isn't it? For, yeah. for a club. Um, you could argue it's long overdue, but spent quite a bit of money as well, getting it up to scratch how they wanted it. So they've not just done it on the cheap, cheap. Yeah, it's just a positive move. Obviously, can it play up front is the question I've seen quite a lot. <laughs> I don't think, but I don't think you can actually have any negatives towards it. I think it's probably a good transition. This, I think, the only not a negative, but the only thing that <laughs> you tickled yourself there, mate. Okay, I don't remember a reaction like this from when you even told your fits all joke about 12 months ago. Oh, mate, don't go there. <laughs> one size. Oh, I. <laughs> That's one of my best gags, though. Yeah. I wish I, rem- I wish I remembered what episode that was in. That was an early one, that, because yeah, I, I couldn't feel my legs, so it must have been around June 2019. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, where were we? Um, yeah, so I'd say that's probably quite a good transition, and it's not necessarily a negative, but do you think there's been quite a bit or maybe too much emphasis placed on the fact that we should be fortunate to the owner that we've managed to like sort of get this facility instead of going out and backing the manager in the transfer window? It seems to all be like everything's deflected away from that and focusing on like, look at this big, shiny, fancy new thing that we've got. And yeah. thank you, Mr. Hemmings. And Blah blah blah. I think I think there's probably a bit of an emphasis on it. The club are obviously getting out there as much as they can, inviting us down. Obviously, had a bit of a press day there, which is understandable because it's it's a decent investment for a club. Absolutely. I think I think privately, Alex Neil will probably be a bit miffed that there's been so much made of it because it's not his kind of style, is it really? And it's it has very probably, key, isn't it? Yeah, it has probably deflected from. Only signing two players in twelve months when he's probably what he signed five. It 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 doesn't legitimise not doing anything in the transfer window, but I think you've got to treat the two the two things separately if you can. In isolation, it's a very good move for the club, and hopefully yeah, the, it does. The bigger picture, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, hope hopefully it does give the players a lift. Um, I don't know how much these things do give players lifts. Like, there's a lot made of training grounds etc but uh, obviously I've never been in that situation so I don't know how much it, it does affect you on a day-to-day basis but I don't think it can be seen as a negative no matter what anyone thinks about anything else if you just look at it by itself it's, it's a good move and, and the club are obviously very happy with it yeah I'm rightly so but yeah no I think it's just it's long overdue, isn't it? I mean, how long been at Springies for now? Since about 95, 96? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And, you know, before that, we were training at the ground, you know, the old plastic, you know, the old training, that old pitch behind the town end. It's just like, it's just long, you know, when you've been, sort of stale, isn't it, really? When you've been sort of for 25 years and 
yeah, it's just a bit naff. But, you know, fair play that they've got the offices down there now. You know, they're taking that away from Deepdale. So, I suppose everyone's together. Everyone's together and in, in fighting for the same thing. And I think that can only be seen as a positive. But What, um, what are they doing with the offices? The ticketing staff and... Uh, I think the shop staff, something like that. There's there's an element of whoever was based at Deepdale is going to stay there, and I think it's mainly the ticketing staff. And then I suspect they'll use the offices like Peter and Hannah and Ben, and that'll use the offices on a match day. Right. Because there was planning initially for the offices to get flattened. Yeah, for extra car park yeah. space. Yeah, that yeah. might be going back a few years. And then they had the, the failed fan zone idea to mm. go in the old club shop. You know what? Whatever they do with it, I'm not that fussed because then at the day where the guys are working on, you know, Mondays, Friday, nine to five is probably a better place where they've, where they've come from. The offices were all right at Deepdale, but at the end of the day, they're just a glorified porter cabin, weren't they, really? Yeah. In terms of what it was. So, you know, fair play to them. It's a good investment for the club, is the training ground. Um, yeah, we just I wait think, and see. I think there's been a bit of confusion over who owns it. I think it is a pit pressing off end asset, isn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, did Peter, Peter not say that when I had him? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen a few people say Hemmings owns it, but I think it's a Preston North End asset. Yeah, yeah Hemmings bought North... it. Of course, but it's 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 a Preston North End asset. Yeah, yeah, it's on North End's balance sheet. It's a question I asked I asked Peter that on the podcast because it's something yeah. that I wanted to know personally. But yeah, we own the yeah, club's getting all right for assets now. We've got this, and then about fifteen acres at Ingle as well. God knows what they're going to do with that, but. um yeah, like Peter said, you know, we'll see where it goes five, ten years down the line. Might do something with it, it might not. It's just what can you do? Yeah. The world's changing, isn't it? At the end of the day, we're in a recession, global recession, you know, pandemic that's absolutely crippling the world at the minute. And we've got a nice, shiny training ground in 15 acres land at Ingle. So, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in terms of the window then? I think you both mentioned it in the first half. You'd probably say it's a five or six out of ten. Um, yeah. There's what there's been links to countless players over the last well this summer window and obviously in the January window mm. as well. Yeah, and we've brought in two players in nine months. Yeah, probably about a book on the players we missed out on since Alex Neil's been yeah. there. Yeah, the the um. Yeah, I think obviously I I thought two two of the big four would go. Um, didn't think DJ would still be here, and I thought one of the Bens would go. So you have to be positive in that note. But it just feels very unstable still the situation. Do you, would you say then that do you think the contract situation is affecting the squad? I think it could be. I think it could be. I think it can't be good, can it? Really? No. If, no, if it, you're if you're, I don't know, a Josh Harrop, Patrick Bauer, you've you've signed on, you've come to a club, you've got Ben Pearson, Ben Davis, Daniel Johnson. You're thinking, yeah, we can go places, we can do something. Yeah. That's I think, whoever I've forgotten. That's no, that I've Darnell, just forgotten. Darnell yeah, Fisher, Darnell, Alan think, Brown. But yeah. then, as they're running down the contracts, and you're getting, I don't know, two thirds of the way through yours, and you're seeing they're not going to sign. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get other players in the squad thinking like, mm, what's what's my long term future here? Is it at North End? Because you look think, at Josh Arup, he's just signed the new deal, not yeah. been in, involved in the league. Yeah, my um, my biggest issue, Jake, is is what Alex Neil makes of it because he said a couple of times 
the uncertainty over these contracts is not helping him. So as long as it's not helping Alex Neil, it's, it's not it's good not for helping him. Us. Um, you know, I think the window opens in ten weeks. Is it nine, ten weeks? So yeah, it's not long, is it? These are fifteen very important games. Whatever it is, fifteen, sixteen games before then. I just think the situation. Obviously, we've kept him, but it just feels very unstable. Um, and and I've been wanting a winger for quite a while, and I just think it is going to cost us a few points. Um, I think it's if Louis Malt is in that squad, it's very disappointing from my point of view. It's, it's the easy way out, isn't it? Really, I mean, people, Preston North End fans have have had a go at other clubs for the size of the squad or whatever. Um, someone's had a go at Swansea for signing Bennett the other day, and that takes them to 20, 20 pros over the age over the age limit. We've got David Nugent sitting in the stands, um, you know, as a 26, 26 player. So probably not even sitting in the stands. Well, sitting at home on, on his bike at home. So it's it's piss poor really that you've got a thirty five year old not in the squad but on the wage bill, and then you're including Louis Malt in the, in the twenty five man squad. I think you know the LEP started touting that like probably three or four weeks ago that he would be in the squad. So it was obviously a you know, a fallback option for when we didn't sign a player, but it, it, it is very disappointing. I think they've used the 25-man squad just as a way out, I, I believe. And it shows poor planning as well, the fact that we've only got one underage player in there. I think Josh Earl, was it Tom Bayliss? I think it's Tom Bayliss. Um, and when you, I'll use Swansea again, I think they've got six under-21s around their first team. You can have a lot more options in your squad so I think it has come back to bite North End a bit this um, and you know putting Malt in there nothing against him but he's he's going to do nothing between now and Christmas no I I wouldn't even expect to see him in the squad mm. I don't think he's going to get in the squad ahead of Visa or Stotley or Maguire yeah. I think the other thing about the, the our squad in general at the minute is it's it's top heavy with media, mediocre players and top yeah. heavyweight players that are probably, you know, top half league one standard players, really. You know, if some of them got a move on deadline day, you wouldn't have really, you know, you wouldn't have been too forced. You know, but if Bowden got a league one move on deadline day, I wouldn't have been asked. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have lost a wink of sleep. You know, I think, you know, instead of overloading the squad with mediocre players and having all these numbers available, we should be looking at quality, quality reinforcements and quality players. Yeah, that's what Alex Neil wanted in the summer. He wanted quality. He didn't yeah. want a load of numbers. He yeah. said that himself, didn't he? Said it, yeah. He said he didn't want another body. He didn't want another body. He For the sake of it or something like that. Yeah, and who, who can blame him? Because that's what he's had for pretty much two years since he's been here. Because, you know, you look at some of the signings we've made, you could probably say one or two might be his first or second choice. The rest mm. aren't. The rest of, are far down the pecking order of, of his and, and the recruitment team's options, yeah. you know, was, you know, J- you're not telling me that Jaden Stockley was in the top two of his options. You know, he wanted Keith from all and we won't pay the fee and look at what he's done to us today. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's been a focal point. He's been, he's gave Baron Davis a right game all game and he's got an assist. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think I was I was speaking to my mate about this the other day. I think an ambitious club would have got 
would have got Nugent off the wage bill, would have probably got Ripley off it, would have got Bowden off it. You, you find a way to get around these things. Rafferty. That's mm, awesome, Rafferty, isn't it? Yeah, he's always going to be a backup. He's never yeah. going to be a first choice. He's never back. injured. He's never injured either, and that's mm, quite true. important. That's, but, yeah, it's just, like Jimmy says, I don't think we will see Mo. It, it, it's We're going with a 24-man squad here. Do you know what I mean? For, so, for the sake of maybe trying to keep a player happy internally. Yeah, and we are probably now paying for just poor planning from the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. We're, we're paying for bringing in these League One players on championship wages. Well, look at the amount of players like Graham Burke. He's still out on loan, yeah. still contracted to the club. Kevin O'Connor, I think we paid him up, didn't we? Is Ginelli, is Ginelli out on loan still? Yeah. Yeah, he's got hearts and he scored on yeah. Uh, Friday night yeah but I think people seem to be on social media quite quick to jump down Alex Neal's throat from a transfer point of view and say like oh I wouldn't back him with X amount of money or he's been the most back manager that we've ever had and all that sort of stuff but Bauer good signing on the whole Fisher good signing Um... Ryan (laughs) Ryan Ledson Ryan Ledson Brad Potts. Yeah, Potts. Scott, Scott Sinclair. Yeah. I think Hughes has been a fair signing for me. Two, for Rafferty's, 200 grand. Rafferty's been a fair Frankie signing. Yeah. yeah, 150, 150. You've got to look at... You've got to look at how much... You, yeah. If you, look at, if you look at what you're paying and what you're getting, you actually, you've done all right. Yeah. But well, I think my, my point was going to be was that people are quick to point out that, well, his best players are the ones that Simon Grayson signed. And they're going on almost as if Grayson was the Messiah when it came to transfers. But no one looks at his bad signings. Marnit the thing is, no, but the thing is, Jake, I go back to this a lot. A lot of these players were signed when we were either in League One. And it's a lot easier as a big fish to sign these players and give them time to improve. Yeah. We spent about a million pounds, depending on what you believe, on Tom Bayliss. Most of a championship size wouldn't bat an eyelid at that kind of fee. Mm. Because it's little Preston signing him, we're expecting massive things from him straight away. Mm. It's not a big fee. It's just the run of the mill these days, isn't it? Yeah, and you develop on players over time. I think yeah. we're expecting you know, too much. We've spent £1.2 million on Reese or whatever, £1.2 million there or thereabouts, and People will be expecting massive things straight away. It's just, even Tony's gone for five mil and then you're going to expect something straight away. He's now scored five goals. Yeah. There's a difference here between... The there's levels, of, isn't there? There's levels of signings and people yeah. who be saying he shouldn't be backed. It's just rubbish. It's I just think rubbish. as well. Look, I at, think what he did. look at what he did with Norwich. Look at what he did with Norwich and look what, look what he's done with us. And then back him. Yeah. yeah, I think well, something was, you said before about exactly. He, yeah, no, he no. Said, he only signed one player that season. They got him up. Signed Graham Dobbins on a free. He's yeah. the only player he brought in. But look so at he, what he does with quality players. Yeah, quality. Something you mentioned about a million quid don't get you much. I mean, we've signed Tom, Tom Bayless for a million one point one whatever it was. That Cardiff have just spent that on Harry Wilson's loan fee. Yeah, for forty-one games. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we've spent it on a player on a four and a half year contract. And I I, I know Tom Bayless hasn't really done anything yet and he's again not in the squad today. I'd rather have a player contract to your club rather than someone you're gonna develop for another club and then lose come June next year. Yeah. I think the trade off for me is there. 
they're paying a million quid. They're going to get 15 gold contributions for a million quid, aren't they? It's, that's what they're going to get. So it, it, the week. So you're yeah. talking probably about three and a half million total outlay yeah. over the course of the season. It's a lot. Of, it's what it's pretty double what our, our record transfer fee is. Well, again, yeah, you know. there's levels to it. If you're spending three and a half million pounds on a transfer, you'd expect, like Ollie said, like 15 gold contributions. Yeah. Uh, but Swan, I think... Swan, Swansea have done it last season and obviously they've not got promoted, but it's got them in the playoffs, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got and them it's in gonna... touching distance, hasn't it? It's going to get them right up there again. I think there's there's like a a growth in the market that we just don't seem to be keeping up with. Like back in the day, to spend a million pounds on a player would have been a big deal, but now it's not. You're going it's back just, twenty years. You're going back twenty years there. Yeah, no, that's my point. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like you're going back twenty years, and some of our fans are still clinging on to the fact that we've spent a million pounds on a player. Yeah, and. Like like you said, Jimmy, before expecting a lot off him when, yeah, it, in fact, you probably shouldn't because that's just the, the going fee for players pe- these people, days. People are using these fees against Alex Neal. The yeah. small, the small like, fees. Like it's him that's gone into the negotiations and gone right, lads. Yeah, for, this for is me, what we're going to pay you. Yeah? For me, in the climate, loans loans would have been the way to go for me. Hundred percent. I just. There's no long-term fixed costs. Mm-hmm. You know what your costs are going to be, and if you're paying a bit more, you're going to get a quality loan in. Look at look at the teams who went up last season. They all had quality loans in the team. Well, we we got yeah, told, so. didn't we, Ollie, that Hugo was desperate to come back, and West Ham wanted twenty grand a week of his wages. A million, it's a million pound over a season. It. So you're basically there paying a million pound for twelve, fifteen goals, aren't you? So it depends yeah. how much you want to get promoted. Depends how much you want to get promoted. And they keep banging the drum, but they're not they're not showing anything really, are they? Don't get me wrong, like this sounds negative now, but I think we have we've still got a very good championship side. We just need, like Alex Neal has said, two or three quality players. Yeah. Um so we're gonna be scrapping for points between now and, and the window. But the window's not gonna be any different in January. It's not gonna be any easier to shift these players to salary capped League One clubs, is it? It's you know, we're gonna be stuck in the same sort of Both. self inflicted problem. Yeah. Self inflicted problem. Absolutely. Um so, you know, it might have to be the SPL route for our for our players because there's no cap there. Um Well so, even then that's provided that they'd be willing to spend that money. Some of yeah. them probably wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, on reflection, I'll probably give it a five, five out of ten transfer window. Keeping Ben Pearson for me is massive, even though he's probably playing within himself. Still massive yeah. keeping him. I think if we'd lost, you know, two or three of the big four, the other big five, if you include Darnell, then it's a disaster. Yeah. Now we've kept all five of them. We've got a chance now in these next fifteen games to actually, you know, pick what up a bit of a form, run together. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. If we Do don't. Think- if we don't, then we're in serious shit, by the way. Oh, we're yeah. Serious. We're in serious. Because we'll lose two or three of them in January. We are. We're well, if we're down, if we're down bottom end, would you be surprised if all four of them went, all five of them went? We won't be down the bottom end. Yeah, I think... It, but, but it depends what your class is bottom end. Won't be bottom six in January. Well, we were bottom, yeah. bottom six two years ago, weren't we? We won't be. Too good. I'm going to back it. I'm, we're too good to be bottom six after 20 games. 
yeah, I'd hope. Yeah, I, I agree. I just football's a funny game. Yeah, we're too good, Jake. I, I, I agree with you, but uh, like you, you look back to the season that I just mentioned, and there was things that happened out of our control in terms of injuries that resulted in us being where we were. I don't think we're going to be. By the way, I just no, I don't. But I, I'm I not. Just... I'm not saying it's like impossible either. Yeah. Anything um, can happen. It's football. That's that's the beauty of it. Anything can happen. Well, could be top yeah. at league by end of December. None of us have a bloody clue. <laughs> it does. No, honestly, no, it no. could be. Yeah. All, all it takes is this league is is going to be close again this year. All it takes is you you put six or seven results together in a row. You look at our next. And six you're right fixtures, back up there. You could be top at league after yeah. these next six six fixtures. It's not. It's not unfeasible. Uh-huh. Just got to win. Just got to win six games, haven't you? And not, and not and stop conceding goals and start scoring at home. Well, so, speaking of winning games, QPR on Wednesday. No, oh, now you've cursed it. Well done, mate. Thanks for that. Bloody hell! Do you think we will? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Mm, I fancy us. I fancy us going there and winning. I think they've only won. Have they won one this season? Yeah, they beat Forest two 0 um, drew okay. drew with Borough on uh, drew with Borough lost to Coventry drew with Wednesday and then they drew with Bournemouth this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Got, some good, we... got some good players, like all teams do. But I think we'll go there and win. Yeah, I think we'll go there and win by a couple. Yeah, the bomb. So, I'll say Samuel. Yeah, came off today. I'll say Samuel. I don't know if it. Oh, yesterday. So I don't know if it was injury related or just tactical. They're not um, really. Um, they're not really um, a side that I worry about. I'm not sure why. I just feel we can get the better of them physically and, and tactically, I think. I think we've had a couple of good performances there in the past. Um, I think, obviously, I think they did, did one of those last season. Um, Post-international break again, wasn't it? Was it 3-0? 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, but I seem to remember we've gone there and played well a few times. and Yeah. Obviously, they've lost easy as a... I say Simon's cracking player, by the way, but yeah, they've lost Ryan Manning as well. He's gone to Swansea, so who else have they lost, Ali? A certain striker. Well, actually, a couple of strikers. Naki Wells isn't there anymore either. Oh yeah, um, of course. I was more referring to your favourite player in the championship. Yeah. What a penalty yesterday, by the way! Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable composure. Um, but yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't scare me one bit. Keep it. I think we'll go there and do a job on them. I think we'll win the game. Where was London Dykes yesterday for him? I noticed he didn't start because I like him. Yeah, um, he's got a bit about him, hasn't he? I think, I think quite a few people like him. Um, yeah. But he wasn't even on the bench. So. I think he's only scored a, couple, he's scored a couple of penalties so far. Right. Um, he's a big unit, though. He's, he's a bit like Kiefer Moore, isn't he? He's aggressive, yeah. though. Yeah. There's a few of them knocking about now in the Championship. It's a way to go, isn't it? Hugo mm. started a trend, clearly. <laughs> um, but they don't Jake they don't phase me at all QPR probably probably lose 3-0 now but yeah I'm backing us a couple of changes I think DJ will come back in I think Fish will come back in from nowhere I think Barkey will come back in yeah I think we'll do him I think if we're, if we're full strength then we've got a great chance but it's if we're not if, if we go with you know if he makes too many changes or if he 
changes changes sight, then that would well, there's, there's a question mark over Pearson after today, isn't there? Be fine. I think it's just cramp. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. Got an extra day of prep as well, and it was being a Wednesday game. Yeah, true. Yeah, if it was if it was a Tuesday, then yeah, he might struggle. You know, obviously, but he's still got 48 hours to get himself right. Can yeah. use all the new facilities at Exton, can't he? So, um, yeah, I yeah. hope he keeps. I hope he keeps the centre backs together. Yeah, I think you know his story's already been in once this season. Um, obviously, Bauer's been done there today, but we're not. We're defending okay. We're defending okay. It's just moments, isn't it? Yeah, I hope he keeps him in. And with Bauer, you're normally going to get a chance from a set piece as well, and set pieces are massive. Yeah, or like the uh, Brentford game, he'll he'll get himself involved. Yeah. Although that wasn't a set piece, but you know what I mean. He can get himself into the box, make a nuisance, and yeah, that was definitely not planned. That was just a bit of character from Big Pat. But Wednesday night game, will this be available to watch? And I follow, by the way, or not? I think so. Yeah, there's something about the midweeks, isn't there? I'm not sure what it is because not everyone has access to the red button, do they? So. No, but either way, I think I'll be able to watch it. So I say, Samuel, if you keep him quiet, then I think you've got a good chance. Yeah. But I'll go yeah. back to it again. I think without Fisher, we only win 20% of games. So massive. Yeah, we need him, to, we need him for these next two, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I'm going to say a draw. Um, they've drawn the last three. Got a good got a good point yesterday away at um, at Bournemouth. Mm. You know, clean sheet as well. Um, they've kept two clean sheets this season, so I'm I'm actually going to go with a nil nil. Can't see us. Well, I hope we score, but I just I'm not sure where the goal comes from at this moment in time. Ollie, three nil North End. Ooh, confident. Yeah, I think we'll batter him. I'll go with a one nil, one nil North End. I think it'll be another KG affair and I think we'll just about nick it. Tight ground like that. We'll get on top of them and we'll go for him. We will. We'll be freeing up after 20 minutes. <laughs> just not throw it away like Spurs did. Well, Jose's finished, isn't he? But that's, that's for another podcast, that one. Yeah, not a North End one. <laughs> um, Huddersfield then. They've had a mixed start to the season. Lost 2-1-2, drawn one. Uh, they they lost against Norwich, lost against Brentford, beat Forest, but um, up until Rovers, who hasn't beaten Forest this season, um, drew with Rotherham and beat Swansea. Yeah, cracking win for them yesterday, isn't it? Yeah, quite surprised to be honest, because I've got them bottom three in my uh, my prediction piece. Obviously, got a new manager, sold sold a Hearn Grant on deadline day, didn't he? As well, um, lost the lost Congolo as well, didn't he? It's a full yeah. Yeah, the lad Coroma looks like a cracking player, by the way. Josh Coroma. You'll probably see him for the first time on the weekend. Um, looks a very good player. I can't remember who they played live. I think it was Nottingham Forest on Sky a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he looks very one, sharp. One, yeah, so I think that'll be a tougher game for some reason than the QPR game. We, know, yeah, we never it's... tend to do well going to Huddersfield. No. 19, February 1992 was our last win in Huddersfield. Yeah. I think it was a nil-nil, weren't it? Back end of last season. Yeah, in lockdown, they were really poor. It was like yeah. a, it was a dire game. 
Yeah, it was a poor um, game. A bit bad today. Well, yeah. I look at their back three. I think that's where we might be able to hurt them. You know, they've got Saar that was at Charlton. Yeah. Schind- Schindler and Stamen. Yeah. I think Stamen's been booked in three games, maybe four games this season so far. So he might even be out for when we when we actually play him. If he gets another booking, could be... Yeah, there's not much mobility in that back three, is there? No, it's static to say the least. So... Yeah, I mean, obviously they lost the first two games of the season, but picked up form since then. Mm. Um, it's interesting, obviously, with the their gaffer. You know, obviously, him coming from Leeds, wasn't it? Well, it's not Leeds, is it? It's, it's Bielsa School, but he was over in was he over in Spain, Corbran, something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't think he was actually. I don't think he's directly been managed under Bielsa at the same club, but obviously it comes from the same school of thinking and obviously he's, he's worked with him, but just not alongside him. Um, he was he was promoted as a, to a first-team coach under Bielsa last season. Um, for, he was under 23 coach and he was also a first-team coach. Was um, he abroad at some point as well? Not under, sure. Um, not under sure. Bielsa. remember saying something about him... Um, being away, like might might have been coaching Leeds or something like that. Mm. But it was like what, might be on not top twenty actually, something like that of where he's actually come from. But, yeah, um, they will they will try and play though. Obviously, I saw him he against. Was, uh, he was assistant in uh, flipping Saudi Arabia at Al Nasser. Is that Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Possibly, God knows, mate. Anyway, you know, like like you said, Ollie, he'll try and play the Bielsa way, won't he? Yeah, so. they've been they've been more compact than Leeds were. They're not. I don't think they've been pressing as much. Um, so, but like every team, they've got some good players, haven't they? They weren't in the Prem that long ago. So, but I think we'll get six points from these next two. Well, you look at our next seven games, barring maybe Millwall, which is the one that comes after QPR and Huddersfield. They're all yeah. massively, massively winnable games. We got yeah. obviously Millwall at home after Huddersfield, then we got Birmingham at home, Reading away, Rotherham away. Yeah, Reading is to be fair; they've started well. Then we've got Sheffield Wednesday at home, and then we've got Rovers at home on the twenty fourth of November. So from really from QPR to to Rovers, barring yeah. maybe Millwall and Reading, they're all there's plenty of opportunities to pick up points there. Yeah. I know people probably don't want to hear this, but there are people say every game is winnable, of course, but there are sequences of games that are a lot more favourable than others. And obviously, our form against top half, against bottom half last season was very different because it's easier to break down bottom half teams, isn't it? So, you know, I think next five games, I think 10 points should be the aim. And I think we're more than capable and I think we will batter QPR. By, by the way, our next five games are Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. That's, yeah. that's a tough run, that. The squad needs to be used. Yeah. The squad will need to be used. Yeah, the um, 24 men will definitely be rotated. Yeah. This is the thing, though. Obviously, Brown's, Brown's played today. What do you do when DJ's back, though? It's going to be one of them. It's going to... You know, it's going to cause him a couple of headaches, but I'd go Brown right back me. I know Jamie ain't the keenest. I'm not sure about you, Jake, but... No, I'm neither I'd... there, to be honest. Mm, that's a shock. Yeah, I'd go... <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd keep Brownie at right back, put Rafferty uh, as a 19th man. 
Uh, Huddersfield uh, then, predictions? Or are we not predicting a week away? 4-1 North End. Bloody hell. You had a drink tonight? No, we're going to win the next two games, 7-1 and aggregate. We are. <laughs> Jimmy? Um, it's tough, really. I just don't see us breaking this, this hoodoo at Huddersfield. I'm going to say one apiece. Gotta to come to an end negative. at some point, not, right? I know it has, I know it has, but I'm just not be. It'll be so slow. We'll end up putting four past them or something like I just said there when no fans are there to actually see it. Yeah, but I'm gonna go one apiece just to. I just don't know. I just, I, you know what I'm nervous about more than anything. I'm nervous about being on the podcast next Sunday and as not uh, not winning <laughs> these two games and social media out outrage from this from the next week. Yeah, and I just I'm, yeah, we need a win. We need a win before we're on the mate, podcast. Just, just for us, I, I, I can just feel like I'm proper anxious about it if we don't win these next two, get one of these next two games. What people what need to keep their happen? heads, keep ah. your heads. Look at the underlying stats. Everything will be fine. Yeah, I will caveat all all of that by just saying I have never in my life met anyone as relaxed about everything as you, Ali. Yeah, I know, but you've you've got to trust trust. I think Jimmy's got it in his bio. Trust the process. If your processes are good, the results will follow. Yeah, yeah. The results are coming. Be positive. And on that note, let's hope we can get some results in the um, Apple ratings and reviews. Um, if no one, well, if if you're listening and you haven't left us a review on Apple, um, we've got I think 28 so far. And we're we're overall rated five stars. You might not like us if you don't. Please don't leave us a review. Or I'll tell you what: if you don't like us, leave us five stars, but slag us off in the comments. That'd be perfect. Um, but yeah, if you haven't left a review yet, then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review on there. It's much appreciated. And you can yeah, you can support the podcast, and you can support from the Finney uh, with a one-off donation or. A regular donation, as few and far between as you want, as little or as small as you like, anything's appreciated. Uh, so if you want to support the podcast, you can just go to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney, or you can head to our website from the finney.co.uk and hit the support us button that's in the header and make your donation there. And as I said, any any donation, small or, or large, is massively appreciated. And I massively appreciate you two. Cheers, fellas. Thanks for nice coming one. on. Nice one, lads. Fingers crossed for a good week, eh? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope your social media anxiety doesn't have to uh, come into play. Ah, oh, mate. This time yeah. next week. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Mate. Fingers crossed. Right. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. No worries. See you next week, boys. See you in a bit. Bye.